guys. I love you all so much and I hope that today's message encourages you. Be sure and like and subscribe if you are tuning in on YouTube. Comment down below what you learned in today's message and what other topics you'd like to hear talked about moving forward. And if you're tuning in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review. We love reading your reviews and it actually helps us as we prepare for messages to come. And make sure to turn on your push notifications so that you can know whenever episodes come out as we have new episodes every single Wednesday. Guys, I love y'all and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Emma Mae McDaniel here. This podcast is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. What's up, what's up, incredible and loved and valued humans. I am so thankful for your life and I'm truly so thankful that you chose to tune in to the Have You Heard podcast today. My name is Emma Mae McDaniel and this is a very, very sweet podcast as we are talking to the one and only Gary Thomas and we are getting to go into his book, Preparing Your Heart for Marriage. So you've tuned into a sweet, sweet conversation today and I'm excited. So friends, without further ado, faith comes by hearing. So grab your headphones and let's get into the word and have a good conversation. Gary, welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So I, I think it's just fitting the fact that we're talking about a book you've written called Preparing Your Heart for Marriage. Can you tell us about your sweet wife and how y'all met? Oh, okay. Well, it goes back a ways. Um, we were actually in junior high youth group. And um, it was sort of my self-proclaimed job to welcome all of the cute girls. <laughs> at least it was at the top. <laughs> Uh, and so we got together just like you did back then. It was like a two-week thing. And then she broke up with me because her family was going away on spring break. Wanted to keep her options open, thinking we would get back together. But I'd moved on to the next one who came in. It, this is terribly unhealthy, just for the listeners. Oh, my we goodness. We told our kids, when it comes to dating, you'll have, what would Jesus do? We would say, what would your dad have done? And do the opposite. I was not a healthy dater. But so we just had that couple of week thing, but then kind of stayed in contact because we we're in the same church or we just run into each other and then went to different high schools. In college, she ended up being in the same dorm as me uh, her freshman year. I was the I had the best collection of uh, Christian music cassettes back then. I don't even know if people yes. know cassettes anymore. <laughs> But um, so I had great, and so she would borrow four or five and return them one on one at a time. And it took us a couple years, but we started dating again in college and then uh, ended up getting married before she graduated. It was after my finals and before commencement, we slid a wedding in there and we've been together oh, wow. over 37 years as married couple. That's, that's incredible. Two things that you just said are incredible. The fact that you fit a wedding in between graduating <laughs> and commencement <laughs> and the fact that you've been married for 37 years. That is yeah. such a thing to celebrate. Yeah. Well, we had wow. um, back then a lot of, uh, we went to school, Western Washington University, about okay. as far from Liberty as you can get <laughs> um, up in the Northwest corner of the country. It's in, it's just like 20 miles below Canada. And so a lot of wow. students would go to Alaska 
for summer work. You could drive tour buses, there was fishing and whatnot. And so to get a lot of our friends that really wanted to be there, um, we needed to, to do that, to, to have some of the people there that we really wanted to be there. And I was able to wrap up my classes early and we had a really short honeymoon. We had no money. We went to, yeah, we, we, we just went to Orcas Island, which is just off the coast there in uh, Washington and uh, then came back. That's so sweet and such pretty country. Like I have not been able to go up to that territory a whole, like, and, and just view it all. But the way my mom described it is that trees up there look like Dr. Seuss trees, that it's just yeah. stunning. It is. So it is. that's cool. And okay, so talking about preparing your heart for marriage, it's particularly for that engagement season. And something yes. I love that you emphasize in the book is that, and I I really remember this because I'm coming fresh off this season. You are in full wedding planning mode. I mean, no matter right. how long that right. season is, it's filled with like planning flowers and the dress and the venue and all the things. Um, but something that you emphasize that I think is so valuable is are you preparing for something beyond the day itself? Are yes. you investing into your walk with the Lord? Are you investing into one another? And what is your marriage going to actually be about? Um, is that something that came from experience as you walked through your engagement season with your wife? How is how did your engagement season with your wife go? Well, we we had some actually for the time very good premarital counseling, uh, mm-hmm. better than most people would get because we had a campus pastor that was just a wonderful man focused on that. He and his wife led it. So we had that, but I I think the genesis for this book came more from just working with a lot of pre-married couples Mm -hmm. because I just want people to think this is the biggest transformation in your life. Now, parenting will come close. First, the biggest transformation is becoming a Christian without a doubt. Second one, getting married. Third is becoming a parent, because now instead of it being one person, two person, you're becoming one. And this might sound mystical to some or weird, but I, I still, I, I love doing weddings and it is a moment of awe for me that in God's eyes, two people are walking into a chapel and they walk out as one, that God has made them one in a very significant sense. And so that's not an easy transition. And so the book is really kind of designed to say, okay, what does it mean to become one? How do you start to shape your hearts and minds around each other? How do you join your lives together? And then in the second half, what I really wanted to do, kind of what you said, it's not just about preparing for the wedding, but I've been through enough where weddings can be a blur for a lot of different reasons. I did one wedding here in Houston in August in an afternoon where it was 115 degrees outside and the air conditioning wasn't working very well in a small chapel. And the bride said, hey, let's make this an 18-minute wedding. And, and we did. <laughs> I, I did another wedding up in Aspen where uh, the wedding got a little bit of a late start and they were really worried about wedding pictures because the sun was going to set and they had to take the pictures that you have to take after the wedding. So again, the the, the mother of the bride was saying, look, oh, do a good wedding, but we got to get this done because we got to get pictures. So I, I know that wedding ceremonies can be rushed. And so I took the vows that, you know, I mean, people may not use traditional vows, but probably similar sentiments and phrase by phrase, couples can pray through them, talk about it, 
think about them, read them. So even if it's a little bit of a blur on your wedding day, it'll be familiar. Oh, that's what we talked about. That's what we're agreeing to. Just to try to, to bring this sense of wonder and meaning to a day that can be really busy and tiring and for a various reasons, you know, just a little bit chaotic. I love how you did that too. How each, I guess you'd say chapter, like goes through the vows that you make on your wedding day, because it not only helps you in your own heart as you walk with the Lord and evaluate, what does this mean? What am I committing to? But also I love how you ask questions throughout the book. So it's a great, it's a great way to start really meaningful conversations with your fiance, or I think the guy is called fiance, which I, when I found that out, I thought that was so fun. But your person, as you get to talk about things and make sure like, hey, are we on the same page? Hey, like Mm -hmm. whenever you were reading scripture regarding this, what did you see? Because sometimes you learn about God's word. I learn about God's word a lot through having conversations about his word with other people, especially your person. So I love how you did that. And I think it's really fascinating because you're a doctor. Like, Well, it's, it's an honorary doctorate. I don't use the title. I have okay. an earned master. It's not an earned doc, but wow. thank you. <laughs> well, I still think you're very special. Okay. And I think it's also really incredible how you've like, you've spent so much energy investing into marriages. Mm-hmm. So this is not just a book that you've read, but this is something no, that you have yeah. you have a heart for seeing marriages yeah. be healthy and be in alignment with the design that God set for marriage. Because if you go way back to the beginning, like God designed marriage. Yes. And yeah. so how did that passion for God's heart for marriage stir up in you to want to help other people see that through in their own marriage? Yeah. Well, I, I got married very young. I was 22. My wife was 19. I say that with that tone because I can't believe I married a teenager. But if you believe life begins at conception as I do, technically she was 20. So in God's hey, eyes, she was 20. According to the IRS, she was still 19. So um, I, we got married young and um, I had a lot of growing up to do. I was, I was selfish. I was idealistic. Um, self-centered and and God really used my marriage to to shape me and help to grow me and I'd never really heard people talk about marriage in that light so I'd written years later going forward a decade or so books on growing in Christ how to become more like Christ I love the Christian classics I read a lot of older books but a lot of the Christian classics were written by monks and nuns for monks and nuns and the thinking being that that marriage is a little bit of a compromise. If you really sold out to God, you'll live a life as a celibate um, single. And yet I found myself challenged more as a married man in many ways than I'd ever been as a single man. I don't like to pit the two against each other, but they're different kinds of challenges. I'd never really seen somebody address marriage in that way. And that led to me writing Sacred Marriage with the subtitle, What if God designed marriage to make us holy? more than to make us happy. And it just sort of launched this journey of really trying to explore the spiritual realities of marriage, what God does through marriage to reveal our sin, to give us a place to grow out of our sin. Um, and, and so I just had a new appreciation and the book kind of took off. And so I've been doing marriage seminars and many more books on marriage since then. Um, so I've just been encouraged to think about it and study it, but I still I still go back to those wedding ceremonies when, again, what moves me so much is the depth 
of these promises. They're not just words to me because I meet with couples probably 12 sessions before we get married. We get into it. And I, I, for better, for worse, and I've worked, walked with couples through diagnoses of MS or cancer or Alzheimer's or a debilitating disease, childlessness, rebellious children, the death of a child, um, addictions, uh, you, you name it. And so when I'm saying that, I've got all of these stories in the back of my head that I got. Do you realize what you're promising? That you are in this. This is a covenant marriage where you're going to see this. And the fact that they're still doing it is so beautiful and moves me uh, that I just, it, it's a glorious day for me. And I know a lot of people think I should turn in my man card if I say I like weddings, but they still inspire me. They, they really do. As they should. I love to, I want to hit a note on two things that you said. One being like, Okay, take this seriously. I, yes. It makes me think about whenever Jesus is talking to those who he's saying, come and follow me. But before you come and follow me, like I count need you to count the cost. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like just as a builder would not go and invest into tons of construction if he did not count the cost of what it would take to build it. Like right. that is so, so wise just to be honest with yourself and seek the Lord and have like just those honest questions that really help you evaluate if this is something you actually are going to give 100% in. Um, And something so beautiful too is how, I mean, it makes sense that a wedding would inspire and it makes sense that it would stir up so much excitement because how much of a picture is that of the Lord's love for oh, the church, his bride. And, yes. and whenever you think about the commitment and you reflect on God's love for you, it then compels you into living a life of commitment with your person. Cause it's like, okay, God in his rich mercy and in his incredible love for me, even when I give him reason not to, he still stays here. Like he promises that yes. nothing can separate me from his love. And then you see, wait, my relationship with him is supposed to, my, my marriage is supposed to reflect that. So yes. then when you put yourself in that position, it's like, oh, this is unconditional stuff. This, this is, this is the real stuff. So therefore it makes sense that I would need to count the cost. Am I really right. in this for life? So I just love, I, I think it makes complete sense that you're inspired by weddings. And I don't think that you need to turn in your man card at all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, it it is fair to say the Bible begins and ends with a wedding. You've got Adam and Eve right there at the start. In the middle, Paul compares Christ relating to the church as a husband to his bride. Mm -hmm. And then all of human history. This is where I think Christians probably don't understand enough the message of Christianity. All of history is pointing to that wedding in Revelation 19, where Christ comes to his bride, the church, that our corporate identity as Christ's bride is the most important thing about us, more important than whether we're married in this earth or not. Mm -hmm. It's that we will be part of the bride of Christ. So I I do think spiritually, there's just a profound message of that. And so maybe because of that, you know, seeing that little microcosmic picture of it when a and a husband and wife are are making those vows. It just reminds me how amazing this is. And, you know, you've just been married, but just a couple months ago, I was at a conference with one of the first couples I married, and now they have several kids, and you see just this this family that exists 
that didn't exist. I mean, it's just, it, it is amazing to me um, that two individuals, um, and I'm not calling singles selfish or self-focused, that, 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 that's absurd, but, but two individuals that decide to take on the commitment, not knowing the future of caring for each other, and then again, the commitment of caring for one or two or three or four, having their own children or adopting, knowing that for the rest of your life, there will be a vulnerability and a responsibility and, and your heart being poured out for these. It is an amazing thing that people do when they decide to shape it. It's inspiring. Wow. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... There's something pretty awesome about having clothes that are both comfy and cute. And Girlfriend Collective makes their clothes in a way that makes you feel your best in it, no matter what you're doing. Whether you're working out, running day-to-day errands, or you're just chilling at the house having a comfy day. And their products are inclusive, being for sizes extra, extra small to 6XL. And they're great for the planet, being 100% recyclable, which I think is pretty spectacular. And for listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is providing for first-time customers a 20% off of purchases, $100 or more, when you go to girlfriend.com slash Emma. That's 25% off of purchases, $100 or more, when you go to girlfriend.com slash Emma. That's girlfriend.com slash Emma. Incredible, Mr. Gary. What um, piece of advice would you give to those who are in the engagement season? They're in the hustle and bustle of planning yeah. their wedding. They yeah. may be like Josh and I were, and they're in, in the midst of college classes. What piece of advice would you give to those who are getting ready to get married? Yeah. Well, as one who was engaged during his last <laughs> year of college, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I can answer this. Here's one of the first pieces of advice I, I often give to couples. Decide that there will be at least three days a week where wedding talk is off the table. Mm-hmm. I, this doesn't happen with every couple, but I see it happen with some. There are so many decisions to make. It depends on the personality, often of the bride, sometimes also of the groom, that all they're talking about for six months or nine months, you know, napkins and invitations and flowers and vows and, and, and all of this. And so then they get married. And when your whole life is focused on this one day, and then that one day is over, there can be such a letdown of adrenaline. And you've spent your relationship talking about this ceremony that's now in the past. So you could spend a couple of days talking about what went right, what was funny, who was there, who wasn't there. But then on the third day of your honeymoon, all of a sudden it's like, oh, (laughs) we've got to pick up again. And I think relationships are a little bit, you know, emotional sharing, emotional attachment. It's a little bit like um, trying to find an analogy, but, but just if you haven't been doing it for a while, let's say you regularly exercise and then you don't for six months and you go out and run and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I, I just, it doesn't feel right when I'm running and my legs hurt and I don't feel like I have as much air. And, and, and it can be like that for emotional attachment because you're still in a relationship and there's nothing physically different. In fact, you're a lot closer. But emotionally, 
you haven't been sharing about meaningful things. You've been sharing about tasks. What kind of invitations? You know, who's going to be the flower girl or the, the ring bearer and, and all of that. And so don't put your relationship on the shelf. That's what matters most. And so that's why I say, I don't like being legalistic, but I'm kind of legalistic about this. Just decide, and you can choose Fridays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. No talk about the wedding allowed. We've got four other days where we can do it. We're going we're gonna to enjoy each other. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to share with each other, pray with each other, study the Bible together. But we're not going to become that couple that lives for a 30 to 40 minute ceremony and a couple hour reception that follows. We really want to set ourselves up. I had one young man said this to me and I just loved it. He was looking forward to the wedding because he knew how important it was for his wife. And, but in one sense, he also kind of wanted it to be over so that they could get about being husband and wife mm. together, living their lives together. I think there's a healthy element in that. Yes. Wow. That's really encouraging. That sounds like intentionality. Yeah. To be intentional each week in, in the conversations that you're having. That's really encouraging. And to those who are listening that are married, what, what would you say that in your 37 years of being married, what is just one, maybe two things that, and I know you could probably spat off a whole list, but what are some things that you've learned that you would like to pass on to those who are newly married and are navigating this, yeah. this thing called marriage? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'd summarize some of the messages in sacred marriage. Uh, I think what set that book apart and what gave it its reading is that up until then, so many marriage books, I thought, well, these are the five principles to make marriage easy and fun and light, or these mm -hmm. are the seven biblical steps. And I, I was willing to admit every marriage in its own way is difficult. Um, yes. it, that, does, that doesn't scare me. Uh, learning to play an instrument is difficult. Starting a business, getting a podcast off the ground, getting a college degree is difficult. I don't think difficulty should scare us. The best things in life usually are a little bit difficult. The difference is just recognizing that you're not freaking out. Some people think if they married the right person, every day will be easy. Every day will be fun. There'll be no mm -hmm. conflict. There'll be no selfishness being confronted. And, and that's just not too, true. James 3, 2 says, we all stumble in many ways. Nobody gets to marry the fourth member of the Trinity. That person doesn't exist. And so... If marriage proved to be difficult, that doesn't mean you married the wrong person. It just means you married a person who's still alive. We should expect to have it. But then out of that difficulty, this is the second point. God can help us to become people who more closely resemble Jesus Christ. If we pursue righteousness, as we're told to do in Matthew 6.33, we can become more humble and learn to listen instead of always speak. We can become gentler. We can become more patient. We have to learn to ask for forgiveness and to give forgiveness. We can learn to become servants and being less selfish. Um, I, I would say one of the biggest transformations in my life from 37 years ago, I, I do think I was pretty selfish when I got married. And today, as God is my witness, one of my favorite things to do in life is to serve my wife. I get so much joy doing little things, wow. making sure her gas tank never runs empty, making sure she's got cash if she needs She. 
we've been in Houston for 11 years. I don't think she's been to a, <laughs> to a cash machine once. She just uses my wallet because she says I don't need a code. So it's easy. But I know there's certain days like when she goes to the farmer's market, not so much now, but they used to want cash. Um, and, and so she would just forget and then she could go in my wallet and there it is. Or so it, it's just the joy I get out of serving her, um, is fun. And then the third thing I, I would say is set your marriage on worship. I'm to love my wife out of reverence mm-hmm. for God. Uh, you're marrying somebody who said in James 3, 2 stumbles in many ways, but you're also marrying God's son or God's daughter if you're marrying in the faith. And I hope you're marrying in the faith or you're disobeying scripture if you're a Christian. So if I'm marrying God's son or God's daughter, I want to remember how passionate he is for their welfare. And so my relationship isn't just about me and my wife. It's about me and my God to whom I owe everything. The fact that I live, Mm -hmm. the fact that I'm a human and not a squirrel or a cow or a fish that he could have made me. And the fact that I'm a Christian. He's given me security that I can live this life with joy and laughter because I know my salvation is set in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I don't have to, like medieval people, lash myself and starve myself and, and, and just to wonder if I can get into heaven. And he's given me his Holy Spirit who teaches me and convicts mm-hmm. me and comforts me. And I think all that God has given me, and then he says to me, all right, Gary, here's all that I've given you. This is my daughter. Will you love her out of reverence for me? And now my marriage becomes an act of worship and gratitude toward my heavenly father. Um, Those things have radically transformed the way I look at marriage. Wow, wow, wow. I just want to sit and simmer in in the wisdom that you just shared with us. It makes me think of something that's been on my heart lately is me and Josh have been moving into our apartment and getting everything settled, turning the house into a home kind of thing, Uh, which I just love. I'm sure you remember that first home feeling. And something hit me though, as I was, we were putting things on the walls and furniture was filling each room and it's fall time. So we were putting mums outside the door and the verse um, from, I believe it's in Joshua 24, where he is addressing, he's addressing the Israelites and he says, He's basically saying like, okay, you've, you've seen these idols that have been worshiped and like you've, you've seen the faithfulness of the Lord. And today you must choose who it is yes. you're going to follow. Yes. Like you, you get the choice of who you're going to follow. But he, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Like that is yeah. the decision that we make. And as we were decorating our home, that's really what was impressed on my heart that no matter how like no matter if Josh and I ever get promotions in our work or if we ever have like X amount of food on the table or we have so many decorations that fill our home, what's going to make our home the most hospitable and what's going to make it the most peace-filled and the most welcoming for people to know that they're loved is the presence of God that is being wholeheartedly worshiped in that place. And so even just you saying that, I think is I can just in so much confidence agree with you. And I think too, that that plays a role into those listening who are even single or dating or whatever season they may be into it's, it's Romans 12, one, like I offer my body as a living sacrifice to the Lord that is holy and pleasing to him. And that's going to carry into every season. It's going to impact every relationship, especially the person I'm one with 
Yes. That's I love so much that you said that. That's so encouraging. Yeah. Well, in my book, The Sacred Search, which I, I wrote for singles to help them make a wise choice, I, I, I key it off, not Romans 12, 1, although you can use that Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and his righteousness. And, and by that, I mean, just, just what you said, that the purpose of marriage is to seek the kingdom of God together. That means advancing his purposes, not our enrichment, not even our happiness, not our comfort. It's what most builds the kingdom of God. And the reason that's so key, if that sounds like religious duty, it's the opposite. Because people who are selfish, whether the selfishness is, we're going to retire by age 40 and just enjoy ourselves, or we're just going to make each other happier. It gets boring, because we were made for more than each other. We were made to have eternal purpose to seek first God's kingdom, and not our own and the deepest marriages, the richest marriages I know, are marriages that live for something beyond themselves because we'll get bored with each other either either way now when you're infatuated you can't believe that but you know what a few years into marriage people will see that that's true and so I would say to the singles if you want to seek first the kingdom of God you must marry someone who wants to seek first the kingdom of God Um, and then trust what Jesus says at the end of that verse and all these things will be added unto you as well Mm. Gary, I just love you and I'm encouraged by you. Well, thank you. Thank yes, you. yes. Those who have gone through just the joy of being married by you and had just premarital counseling led by yeah. you have been blessed indeed. I I would love if you were to share with people where they can find, of course, preparing your heart for marriage, yes. where they can find the is it the sacred search? Yeah, that's for singles. The sacred search for singles. I feel like we've talked about it. It's blessed me. And so let them know where they can get that. And I know you have a new book coming out as well. (laughs) So if you could share with people um, a little bit about that, get get excited and where they can find them. Well, the the new book is, hold it up, um, Married Sex. I actually have mine too. <laughs> a Christian couple's guide to reimagine your love life. And this one is fun because I co-wrote it. I love with Deborah it. Faleta. She's a licensed counselor. And then thought was that we wanted a man and a woman, a, a woman who's been married much less. Her and John have a wonderful marriage. They've been married 15 years. Lisa and I have been married over 30, well, 37 years. She's a licensed counselor. I'm a pastor and, and spiritual writer. Um, so we're coming from a, a man, woman, different ages of marriage, different skill sets truly present a theological, psychological, relational, and practical guide to help couples renew, reinvigorate, or start off, if it's a younger couple, to, to understand that really the wonders of marital sex and, and growing that intimacy. It, it's amazing how much scripture has to say. It was a really fun book to work with. We, we talked with a lot of couples, um, and so it's there. I do want to say both Deborah and I think this is a book for married people, not for singles. I think either you should be married or right before you're getting married, just preparing to get married because it is talks very frankly about sex. And I don't want to cause anyone to stumble by even picking up a Christian book before that. So you can get information about that or preparing your heart for marriage, which is devotions for engaged couples or the sacred search, which is to help you find somebody to get engaged to at GaryThomas.com. You remember my name, Gary Thomas, just put a .com on the end. The books are available on Christian Books, 
uh, Amazon bookstores could get them. I'm sure the, the Liberty bookstore as well could get them for those who are uh, with you in that part of the country. And um, yeah, so you, you can read a little bit about it and, and see there's a button that says books and you just click on that and go down and see preparing your heart for marriage and, and, and get a little sample. I love that. And I love that you mentioned Deborah because Deborah, y'all stay in, stay tuned in because Deborah will actually be on the podcast here soon to talk about this incredible married sex book. So for those of you who are married, y'all definitely want or about to be married. Stay tuned for that. Um, but I also, I just, I want to end on this that I think is so powerful. Thank you for always going back to the word of God. Um, because I think this has been a point hit home throughout our whole conversation, but the Lord designed marriage. He designed sex. Yes. He, he, he made us in his image. And so I think something so powerful is that whether we go with God's design or we go against it, we prove that he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. We prove that his way really is best. And so for you to just go to God's word and show the beauty and the life that actually is in it. And that actually does come from living it out. Um, I just really appreciate that. And so I, yeah, I just want to thank you and affirm you and continue to run the race that's been set before you because you're blessing a lot of people and people you've yet to meet because the way that you're blessing marriages, that's blessing future generations. So just continue in the good work and don't grow weary. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm so honored to be here and just so grateful to see someone like you and your youthful vigor and spreading the word and building just a, a community of faith. Um, it, it does my heart good when you start to get to be my age your concern is to see the younger generation rise up i see that in you in your face i hear it in your words even talking a little bit to josh before we got on so um thank you just inspired me just to be able to meet you today and, and get to talk Wow. Wow. Guys, <laughs> I hope that you're as encouraged as I am as we've gotten to have this conversation. Um, make sure to go. It's a really awesome name. Not hard to forget. GaryThomas.com to go check out those incredible books. Check out the ministry that um, he is doing. And again, stay in tune for my conversation with Deborah soon. Also, if you are tuning in via YouTube, you can be sure and give a thumbs up tap that subscribe button comment down below what was your takeaway what encouraged you and also who would you like to see on the podcast next what topics um within the word are you curious about would love to be talked on if you're tuning in via apple or spotify be sure and download rate review share it with your engaged and married people and and your single people we gave some good advice to the singles today too and also to stay in tune just day to day, week by week on the Instagram, you can follow Have You Heard Podcast on the Instagram page. And for my day to day and what the Lord is doing in my life, um, you can follow me on Instagram at 1 Corinthians 13 underscore love. I love y'all so much. I'm again, just so thankful that you tuned in. And I really pray that this blessed you, that these aren't just words that made you feel good for a second. And then you turn off the podcast and forget what you heard. I pray that the word of God that was shared in this conversation dwells among you richly and changes your life. You all are awesome. And I'll talk to you all next week. Bye guys.
I pray blessings and encouragement and a deepening of faith over your life today. Be sure to subscribe, rate, give reviews, and go share this episode with all of your people so that we can continue to build our community and build our faith. Thank you for tuning in to the Have You Heard podcast, and don't forget how awesome you are. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 